Welcome to Should I Stay or Should I Grow, where we help you find and step into your calling. Camila Umanya Ruiz is an occupational health psychologist with a PhD in psychology. She works as an assistant professor in organizational behavior and human resources in Universidad Javeriana in Bogota, Colombia. Her research interests revolve around social relationships in the workplace, job design, and burnout. Welcome back to Should I Stay or Should I Grow? And Paula and I are joined by a special guest, Camila. Camila, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm, I'm really excited to come see you and talk about these topics. We are so excited to have you. This is such an important topic. Camila is going to be talking about going back to the workplace. And I think a lot of us are, are being faced with that right now and, and the feelings that are coming up around it. And so can we just start, Camila, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, great, yes. So um, I, uh, I am a professor. Uh, in Colombia, I teach organizational behavior and human resources, and I do research on burnout and social relationships in the workplace. So that's basically what I do. I'm passionate to understand how in the workplace we have so many social relationships with coworkers, superiors, uh, collaborators, everyone, and how this is related to how we feel and our well-being and this is a topic that is not so very well known about so i'm happy to to bring light to it i think it's such an important subject in the research of being of happiness at work it is so important for us to and meaning we talk a lot about it in this podcast is the quality of our relationships but i we haven't really explored this in terms of burnout and returning to the workplace. So I'm very excited to hear more. Great. So one of the things that I have uh, seen on the over the past few months is how many people feel uncomfortable or scared of going back to work because over the past two years, we've gained a lot of understanding on how to manage our time. So at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was overloaded with their course at home, but also with work and taking care of kids or whatever, the pets or whatever they had at home. And after a while, we got really comfortable and we could organize ourselves and our time and kids went back to school. So it meant for many of us that we didn't have to spend time commuting or uh, thinking about these uncomfortable moments at work or being a lot of time in the office or visiting clients because we could do that from uh, the, the comfortable place of our homes. So what I've seen is that people feel a lot of resistance to go back to work uh, because they see so many good things about staying at home and 
some people say they uh, some say that they are scared about the COVID. I think this has been a little bit less like is not so important lately. But at the beginning, like at the end of last year, many people felt uncomfortable because of COVID. And now I think it's more about the flexibility that working from anywhere, including your home, but also, you know, from a distant place would give. And one of the things that I wonder is how people see or have lived their social interactions while they have been away, while they have been working in remote mode. So I don't know what. I would like this more to be a conversation. How do you see that, Jess and Paula? So my husband went back to work, but I've I've been home for almost two years. I, I really left very rarely. And in, for me, I think two different things happen. One, I found out things that I think I could cut out of my life where I was driving 45 minutes to an hour to mm-hmm. network. And I find that if I network on Zoom with like-minded people, yoga teachers, mindfulness coaches, that's a more meaningful network for me. And I can do it all over the world, but in Zoom. Uh-huh. But socially, I am I, I struggle with social anxiety anyway, even when I was going out of the house weekly. And so I am having to relearn how to be social at this point. Wow, this is a very important topic. And uh, what you're saying just recall me of a conversation uh, my husband and I had with a clinical psychologist that said she was impressed by how much the social anxiety and in general anxiety any kind rise over the past two years because we got used to this comfortable place that is our home and we were at the beginning scared of COVID but then we got less and less used to social interaction to personal in-person face-to-face social interactions so it's it's a relevant topic and I think that it's hard for many people. Wow you just said something so like such a huge insight about how managing our time being at home was so chaotic, but now we gotten so skilled for skilled at it that it's almost become a place of comfort. Mm-hmm. And and so leaving that place of comfort because we're skilled at it also creates more more stress because now mm-hmm. we have to. This is what's coming up for me, and I'd love to to hear more about the research. But it's almost like we have to relearn skills, the skills of um, managing our time, commuting, commuting the skills of meeting and interacting with people in person mm-hmm. skills that were had been re reassigned to you know uh, operating zoom <laughs> no, yeah. uh, so i'm curious i'm curious to to if if that's part of what's coming up in the research research shows that people have overloaded themselves even though they have become better at managing their time, they have overloaded because it's incredible how this commuting time allows you to create a space between your personal life and your work life and the other way around. You talked about it in a a recent episode, how it's important for you to set some boundaries. 
And those boundaries were somehow naturally driven when we were working every day in our offices. Still, people took work to their work, to their homes, and still thought about it a lot. And it's not only a thing of the place, like the, the, the physical place where you are, but also the mental place where you are. And I think that many times technologies don't allow us to do those commuting uh, spaces. But when we have this space in a very healthy way, it can allow us to have some time for ourselves and to make space just to turn off our working mode and understand that our life is much more than that. So I will give you a small example. I am a professor at a university. We were uh, asked to go back to our teaching uh, duties this semester. And I teach two times per week. So I have to go to the office. At the same time in my city, they have this, uh, since the pandemic began, uh, we have many more roads, routes to drive in our bicycles. So I decided to start commuting in bicycle. It takes me the same time that it takes me going in bus, taxi, car, or bicycle. But the huge difference is that while, while I am riding my bicycle, my mind fully disconnects either from my home. So I'm not thinking about, uh, I have to take my kid to the school. I have to, I don't know, take this to the laundry or um, arrange this party or whatever. But I am not also thinking about work. I am just in the road. And the amazing thing is that I arrived at 8 a.m. to my office with a clear mind, ready to start preparing for classes and ready to meet my students, to give the best of myself. And the same happens after class. So I finish class around 4.30, 5 p.m., and it takes me 25 minutes to arrive home. Even when a, a very hard teaching day where I have to, you know, where you feel that your mind is full of ideas and you cannot just like leave everything like aside. When I arrive at home, I feel my mind like paused. And then I can just go back to whatever I learned from my students but without thinking too much about it. I, I don't know if I'm being clear about this, but it's just giving your, play, your, your mind a place or uh, just a space, a moment, so you can just leave ideas alone for a while. And commuting has been more effective for me than any other kind of space that I tried to create. So I tried before to create some uh, space like uh, going to the park for 15 minutes between work and going back to my home when I was like all the time at home and it wasn't so effective. So it's, it's not that commuting is super fun. If you have to spend a lot of time in the traffic, maybe it's not like the least stress, stressful thing, but maybe you can just 
understand that this is your time to be with you. Maybe turn on some music or a podcast, or maybe you can use this time just to reflect on what's happening around you, to reflect on how you feel while you are stuck in the traffic, and use it even as a mindfulness practice. So I think what I hear you saying is during COVID, all the lines blurred. We were social at the same time. We were parents at the same time. We had an animal at the same time. We were taking care of the house and we were painting and doing renovations and work and everything was just blurred. Mm -hmm. And, And now that we're going back, we have to kind of relearn that structure of, okay, I'm not taking parenting with me to work. And when I get home, I don't want to bring work back home with me. So learning that delineation. And I think you really suggested try several things on that commute to see what works for you. Is it going to ride a bike? Can you walk? Can it be mindfulness? Can it be music? Are you stopping at the park on the way home? Something that creates that delineation one more time. Yeah. That's right. You got me. Yes, you got me. And I think it's not only about creating, again, this structure, but also understanding that we don't have to be like this idea of productivity all day long, that you have to have a useful and productive use of your time. And that involves that you are creating or learning or I don't know, so many things. We put our pressures on that. And we feel that this commuting space is just a waste of time. And what I see is not always. Of course, if you have to do this six uh, days a week and it takes you one hour and a half going back to work and one hour and a half going back, well, that's hard. But if maybe you can reaccommodate and just go a couple of times or you have the fortune to have a a, a short commute. Don't think about a waste of time. Think about a space to liberate your mind, to liberate your body, to disconnect. And that creates more energy for you because you, when you stop one activity, you, your mind is drained with all the resources you had to put in that activity. So you just need to replenish and you cannot just shift from one activity to another like your mind was completely ready for that. So when you think of these spaces, uh, spaces that allow you to reconnect, to re-energize, it would be even better than just being productive over 10 or 12 hours of work. So what I'm hearing you say is that, and, and this is something I observe as well in my workplace, is that commuting comes up as one of the major drawbacks of returning to work. Yeah. And COVID not so much anymore, even though it is a concern for people that maybe, you know, if, if we look at that like a, a pizza pie, <laughs> and, you know, like yeah. what concerns us to return to work, you see that this slice for a uh, concern for COVID may be small the, the, the commuting time, wasting my time, maybe like a bigger pie at this moment. And what you're saying is to reframe commuting as a waste of time and in, instead reclaiming that space as a place to renew, to refresh, to connect with ourselves. I'm wondering, you know, thinking about that pizza pie, what other slices <laughs> or what are the main other reasons 
people are reticent to return to work. So one of the things we're, we've already talked a little bit about it is this social anxiety, this insecurity to meet with other people, the skills that we lost over a period of time and how we don't see so much value in meeting with people face to face. So we got used to it. We got used to Zoom and I'm really happy to have this as a new skill because we're able to connect from very different places at the same time. And it's amazing. We, we can collaborate a lot and the world has expanded with this. But at the same time, just being able to turn into uh, some co-worker, grab a coffee and say, hey, I have an idea. What do you think about this project? It just creates several benefits that we have forgotten about. So we have forgotten that through social interaction and through informal social interaction, we can just push ourselves in the uh, to be more creative, innovative. We're able to just give and receive feedback to other people, but we are also able to give and receive social support. So you don't know through an email is if someone is doing good or doing bad, in, except if they tell you, like, I am having a hard time with this. You don't know. But if you see someone in the workplace and you can see uh, their facial expression, you can see that they are not behaving as usual, you can try to connect to this person and try to understand if you can be of some kind of help. This is one of the things that I, I see is not necessarily that people say, I don't want to go back because I feel anxious of being with other people. Maybe we don't recognize that. But what we don't acknowledge is that there are so many benefits of social interaction and impersonal social interaction. If we just see ourselves as going to the office and sitting in our, our computer and just doing exactly the same work that we can do from home, of course, it doesn't make any sense. But if you just can picture yourself in those moments or in those opportunities that you had to have an honest, candid conversation with someone that allowed you to connect and to feel that you belong to a place that your ideas resonate with other people, this is amazing. This, this creates new ideas. And I think we have become a little bit better doing this online using spaces like Zoom or email or so many collaboration tools that we have now, but it's not the same. I have talked to uh, many people about this in different uh, industries, consulting, education, entrepreneurs, and it allows them not only to be more innovative and creative, but also to feel that it makes sense. So many times people that I've talked to, they say, oh, I feel that this was not the most productive day in terms of getting things done, but it was amazing how I could connect with this person in my team or to understand what are the difficulties that our team have some drawbacks. So when we think about this and 
maybe everyone or each one of us has to picture themselves. How is my social environment and work? Uh, who do I connect with? Because when you are part of, a, of an organization, it's it's very clear how you can connect to very different people. Maybe if you work more independently or as a consultant, maybe uh, it's it's harder. But when we are part of these kind of institutions and organization, you can picture yourself and understand if there are benefits of connecting again face to face with people. As a slice of the pizza, it could be a, a very sl small slither. You know, the reason why we're not returning to work because of social anxiety, but actually we're forgetting all of the benefits of connecting. And this reminds me of the time we had an empathy expert on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And she talked about the importance of authentic connection. And she also talked about uh, the neuroscience behind that, how it floods us with all kinds of positive emotion, oxytocin. It makes us feel genuinely good. So that's some, something that we're missing. And here, connecting the dots to what you said before is all of these things help us create burnout re resilience. Yeah. In this recent episode, you talk about burnout. You talked about demands and resources. And of course, that demands are related to how much work you have to do, how fast you have to do it. Uh, if you receive contradictory order, uh, orders from, uh, from your uh, bosses or different people. And in the resources, of course, you have knowledge, skills, you have time, you have control, but you have huge resource that is social support. And in the workplace, but in general, in health research, social support is related to well-being. So people that have social support live longer and live happier. Imagine that you don't have the skills. Imagine that you don't have the information, but you have social support. You can go, you can ask, to your boss, to your co-workers, to someone else. How do you, I manage this problem? How have you done it in the past? And this not only allows you to manage demands, but also can reduce them. If you tell your boss, I have this problem, I don't know how to manage this big problem, then he can say, okay, let's reduce this demand for a while. Let's see how you gain the skills or the knowledge you need until this is done. But This happens when you can connect to people, when you can truly ask themselves about that, things that you need to know. But also we have research on motivation that tells us one of the things that motivate people is to feel part of something. And you feel part of something greater when you connect to other people, when you see that actually what you do have an impact in the people of other, in the life of other people. You can somehow manage better the demands. It's not that they go away, but you have a little bit more resources or coping strategies that allow you to manage this situation. So thank you so much, uh, Camila. I'm, I'm, so these are the things that I'm, I'm leaving with as you, as you speak. Returning to work, We can reframe some of the things and the reasons that we feel resistance to returning to work. And actually, it has so many benefits. It can increase our well-being. It can increase our feeling of belonging to something greater than ourselves and increase our motivation. It can increase 
our lifespan if we are open to connecting authentically to our coworkers. My job has always been virtual, but before the pandemic, I asked my boss if I could go to the office, and now I'm excited to ask for that again. Thank you so much for joining us. Camila, how can our audience reach you? Okay, so they can reach me through uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I am Camila Umania Ruiz. Uh, I will give you just the name so you can uh, put it there in the description. And I'm happy to see you also um, in, in these spaces, online spaces. Camila, thank you so much for being here. This is such an amazing episode and so much needed right now. And listeners, thank you for being here and we will see you next time.